Welcome to the My Wealth Podcast, brought to you by Premier Credit. I'm your host, Munyumba Mutwali, and my co-pilot for this journey shall be the dazzling, the Apambe. I'm Munyumba, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Good to be back. Yep, and it's another monthly round. Yes, compliments of the season. Compliments of the season and my time after 35. Can you remember the last yes. time? Yes. Yes. Happy belated birthday. Thank you yeah. very much. Okay, so this is my work podcast where we discuss all things, uh, economic highlights, um, your money, how it affects you as an individual, everything that you need to know in relation to money. You will find that conversation here with myself, great guests, and most importantly, the economic highlights that I'm brought to you by myself and the brilliant Munyumbam Twale. per annum in interest when you invest with Premier Credit. Visit www.premiercredit.co.zm to start investing today. So today's episode, as per usual, every single month, we bring you the highlights from the previous month and what to look out for. And also as we end the year 2023, we'll be looking at the outlook and some of the items that we should be expecting as the year ends. So we'll jump right into it. Munyumba Mtwale, can you give us the microeconomic highlights for November, part of December in relation to inflation, forex, fuel, trade, and everything in relation to that? So the exuberance, the early part of the year is actually starting to slow down. So we're starting to see that we got contained inflation, but we're getting a lot of slowdown in the economy. And if you look at inflation figures, we're still at about 9.8%. So we actually haven't bounced up to the 10% figure or beyond that. And that's mainly because for some reason, um, costs of transportation have remained contained and food prices have remained contained. But the uh, but the fuel prices are starting to pick up. We've seen about a 20% rise in fuel prices since the month of September and continuous fuel hikes. Although there is some hope that by the end of this year, we should start getting cool downs thanks to the European Union's rule to actually cap Russian oil at $60. Uh, basically, they've said any country that wants to import Russian oil cannot, if you if you import it for more than $60, you're not going to be allowed to get any insurance or reinsurance services to protect your fuel coming in. So that's making it very difficult for anyone to buy Russian oil for more than $60. So that's why you're seeing oil prices now globally around $76 at a one-year low. That's been the main drive. So that should help continue to contain inflation, but we are still getting some inflationary pressure coming in. The other thing is also our forex rate has started to go the other way. Um, the quacha has lost about 5% of value or the dollar has gained about 5.5% value in the last month. This is mainly because of farmer input support purchases and also oil purchases. So you're seeing the quacha getting weaker and weaker. But if we see the, uh, the, the dollar not go beyond 17.5 and oil stay below 70, below 80, we're probably going to see fuel prices come back down from 25.8 down to about 24. So we might see that come come start to reverse backwards. And mainly in the rest of the economy, we've seen that PMI has started to go a little bit negative, uh, mainly because we are starting to get concerns there'll be load shedding and stuff starting soon. So economic growth is has got a few staggering stops, has got staggers and stops on the way. So macroeconomic wise, it's the same thing. You're looking for something that can give you steady income during this time. That's the kind of assets you're looking for. And you can't expect higher interest rates. The pressure should be coming down very soon, but we still have the uncertainty when it comes to um, our debt. So that's why you're not seeing any movements in, in uh, yields of assets. But we did ask the central bank this question 
in the last auction. They said, once our debt is fixed and the global economy starts to lower interest rates, and you're starting to see that, countries around the world are lowering interest rates, mm-hmm. and they get to that point where inter- or they're slowing down the hikes, the moment they start lowering interest rates, the flood of capital comes back in and you're expecting interest rates to come back down. So my, my, my advice to most Zambians now, in a time when you have low inflation and your interest rates on your bonds are still high, pile in. That's what I keep telling everyone, pile in now because you want to try and hold as many high yield bonds so that when they start to come down from the rush back in and inflation and, and you want to make sure that the interest rates don't beat inflation down mm-hmm. and you don't want to lose out there. So pile in now, probably for the next 10 months, this is the time to really go in strong. Island, especially because you're receiving your bonuses, a bit of extra money this month. So buy a bond. Buy yeah. a bond for Christmas. At least two thirds, if you get a bonus or anything, yes. at least half of that money should go to wealth building. Yes. The, the, the simple rule we always say is half your money, half your half your bonus or windfalls mm-hmm. should go to wealth building. A quarter should go to uh, front-loading payments, yes. uh, school fees, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then a quarter, get yourself something nice you've never gotten for yourself. Of course. You, get yourself that nice you, watch. You earned it. Yeah. Yes. Enjoy it so that you don't burn out. Yes. And you earned it. Remember, you are deserving of it by always just put your finances in order. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we'll jump right into the roundup of the stock market. Uh, the top three stocks to look out for. So we saw Zanaco, Invest Trust, and Zambif coming in as top three. Can you take us through their performance? So year to date, we've actually seen that Zanaco is up 60, 68%. Um, and it also performed 23% up last year, last month. So you've seen that it's had consistently good performance and it's growing. And I think all this news of all these big loan agreements, the growth of AgriPay, all these things that are happening for this stock are actually, are actually pushing it upwards. Plus there's a lot of growth potential uh, just in terms of the actual growth of the loan book. It's one of the fastest growing loan books that you can find. And Invest Trust, for some reason has been on a slow creep. Uh, it's up It's up about 66%, 25% last month. And it also hit another 25% before that. For some strange reason, it's moving up very <laughs> slow and we're not really getting what's behind very it. But steady. It's, it yeah. seems there seems to be some sentiment factors pushing the stock up. It's it's generally liquid, but it's it is somehow moving up. And then Zambief is up sixty percent year to date, but it didn't register uh, this last month because the only two stocks that really grew in November were Invest Trust and Zanaco. But Zambief Financials did come out eight um, percent growth in revenue, but their profits were down uh, into the negative, so it was down about one hundred and five percent. But that was mainly it wasn't really a performance driven thing; it was a write down. So they wrote down the value of Zamchik by about 140 million kwacha. So that allows them to go into a loss. Now look, for businesses, that that can be an asset in the future yes. <laughs> uh, when it comes to playing your, the one-two step with taxes. Mm-hmm. But really, they're, they're, as, a, as a company, you can see that they did start to feel a bit of the cost of production uh, last month. So in the stock market, you did see it's generally up 20%. The company results are coming in strong. But if you look at the stock market versus other assets, year to date, the stocks are still the best performing asset. Up 20% before we even factor in the the regular standard expectation of a 5.9% dividend. So stocks are up about 20%, uh, which is very good for them. Yes, that's Uh, really good. Generally, you expect stocks to be above 12% above inflation when you even factor in dividends. So there's a potential that we're up probably about 14, 15% above inflation, if not even as high as 16. Bonds are up 12% year to date, but that's for secondary trading bonds. If you're holding bonds to maturity, so this is why I said bond holding is better than bond trading right now. Mm. If you're bond holding, then you're, you're and you've been doing it since 2020, uh, you know that you've actually clocked in a rate of return above 25%. Because you're holding all those old bonds that were yes. trading at 29 uh-huh. to 32% in two years. The high now, yield, yeah. And they're still in play. 
that a lot of them are still in place. So you're still earning from those ones all the way that came up until mid-2023. You're going to have a very good returning portfolio. The US dollar is up 2.3% from last uh, year to date and gold is down 1.47% in Quacha. Now, last month, you reverse that. Um, because in last month, gold is actually up 13.16%. So those people hold gold. People always ask me, Unyumba, how do you hold gold? Um, I would love to be able to hold Zambian gold. And I'm really always pressing this agenda saying we should. But for now, what I often do is I just buy a Paxos gold token online. Um, it represents gold sitting in a London mine. So they reflect it at the actual gold price itself. So by holding this token, I'm actually able to hold gold vicariously. So, and then I can hold it. I represent it in my portfolio in Kwacha. So it's up 13.6%. Um, US dollar is up 5.49% uh, on the date. So those of you who are holding dollars, you had a little bit of a rebound because of the strength. Uh, bonds are up 1.8%. The stock market is up 0.7%. So what's the saying, Yep. Year to date, we've had a strong growth here, but it seems as though the growth is fading. So we're starting to see the defensive assets are the ones that are starting to work. Your gold, your higher yield instruments, your USD, those are defensive assets for an investor. All the aggressive assets seem to be losing a little bit of steam towards the end of your stocks. Um, bonds, if you're trading, but if you're holding, your bonds are still good. So hold bonds, defensive assets, that's you holding the line for the meantime. So that's what the asset market looks like for now. So we have um, a very heated conversation that has been going around and we, we have seen a lot of people talking about it. I would like us to look at it either from your perspective and most importantly, from like a factual perspective and a numbers perspective, yes, because we talk numbers here and numbers don't lie. You've mentioned that on more occasions than one. We have the CCM and the deal that went through and it as a stock. Can you give us um, your two cents on that? So let's start by just understanding what is on the ground. A company like anything has a way of compensating shareholders. So you can compensate shareholders from the profits of the company, or you can, you can compensate shareholders or stakeholders from the products of the company. And it depends which one they're comfortable with. If you watch Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary will say, I may not believe in your business, but I believe in your product. So I'm going to invest in your business, but I don't want to get paid a dividend. And I don't want to get stock valuation. I want to get a royalty. So I'm going to own this much percent of your company, but I'm going to get paid through a 3% royalty. And that way I get my money back, but I've given you the float and I get to support your company. That's another way. So there's more than one way for a shareholder to get compensated. And I think we're always stuck on this idea that it's only profits and dividends and not. And we think profits are this huge thing all the time when we forget what's bigger than profits is sales. So what ZCCM has understood is that they've been struggling to make money from the dividends of Kansanchi Mine. Uh, they make it, but because they're a 20% shareholder, they don't have a say in the size of dividends that much. Sure, they've got a member of the board, but they're outnumbered and it always becomes a fight. So they said they came, they came across this idea about three years ago where they said, why don't we switch our compensation method from getting money from profits to getting money from, from, from the actual product? So they've just switched. They're still 20% shareholders of Kansanchi, but they said, instead of compensation by backend, give us the compensation on the front end. So think about it this way. If you made a movie and you said, I want to, you, you can choose to either get paid from the movie ticket sales or get paid the backend profits. So you can get paid a small percent of the ticket sales or a larger percent of the backend profits. Which one are you comfortable with? It, it depends on the quality of the movie. And if I believe in it, 
Exactly. And also, if you believe in the management, what if this person has got labor problems? What if they've got expensive actors? What if they've got uh, expensive distribution? Are we going to make a profit? This is the question that ZCCM is worried about. I mean, so everyone just wants certainty, really. Exactly. So they said, where can we get more and where can you get it more regularly? Because the, the, if you look at the last five years, they've made eight million, two million, four million, eighteen. Like it's been jumping. And then one year there was no dividend. So a dividend, for those who may not know, it's a share of the profits or the reserves of a company as declared by the board. So even if a business makes 100 million kwacha in profits, the board can say, look, we need 70 of that to reinvest in the next mine shop. So we're only going to give the shareholders uh, 20. Okay. And then you can share it as, uh, based on your shareholding. So there's ZCCM saying, no, but we made $100 million. Why are we only getting 10? Mm. And they're thinking, no, it's because, look, they're saying, look, we, we've got to reinvest. Mining is capital intensive. So ZCCM has now just made an, an agreement to say, can we sell not the shares of the company? They were very careful about this. At first, they thought about it. But now they're saying, can we sell the future dividend rights? Right now, ZCCM has dividend rights. They've got, 20, they've got rights to 20% of all the dividends declared. So what they did in one of the most phenomenal deals I've ever seen is they valued in the future, they valued the future cash flow of those 20% of, of the uh, claim to dividends. They estimated them, valued them and said, what would they be? So they, they told uh, Kansanshi, trigger that whole thing as a dividend, give it to us now. But instead of giving it to us in cash, hold it to hold it for us as a loan. So now Kansanshi effectively owes ZCCM $685 million. And ZCCM has said, you don't have to pay us that. There's 3% from all your copper sales and, until this mine dies. And that's the deal. That's it. They're still 20% shareholders. They're still a board member. Now, in numbers terms, they were making, ZCCM as a company has been making $6 million every single as year. As a company. But if they get this royalty, they're estimated to make $55 million a year. <laughs> okay. So that jumps us from $6 million of revenue and sometimes making losses and profits to $55 million, $60 million a year and constantly making profits. Yeah. So this is a company that's going to be huge in revenue now, constantly profitable, wildly underpriced. The earnings per share of this company is now going to be around 28 kwacha while the share price is 40. Now remember, standard ratio of earnings of price to earnings is meant to be about 7 to 1. So if the stock right now, according to this next estimate, is only going to be about 1.2 times, the price is only going to be about 1.2 times the earnings, meaning we've got a long way to go and to grow in this company. So already, there's already options for price growth. So ZCCM now sits as a company that's highly likely to pay dividends because remember the government is a 77% shareholder and they need their money every year for development. Yes. They need to build schools, mm -hmm. roads, those things. So they're always going to try and push ZCCM to trigger a dividend. Yes. So they're going to be getting all this money coming in. They're going to try and make sure it's lean out. So if you're a shareholder in ZCCM, already you've got the government pressuring, who's a 77% shareholder, pressuring for a dividend each time. So you've got lots of cash coming in regularly. It's going to be paid quarterly. And then on top of that, any VAT refunds, ZCCM is given 20% of any VAT refunds accrued up to date. So far, that's $440 million. So already ZCCM is entitled to 80. There's another $190 million dividend that should be paid. This company is going to be <laughs> rolling in cash. So they're going to be able to invest in all sorts of things. And they're going to be able to pay out a strong dividend regularly. Yes. So just by switching. So why would you want to hold on to a paltry 5%, $5 million dividend, which you don't know whether it will come in regularly? Mm -mm. 
versus making a $50 million royalty and still having 20% voting rights in the company. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> I think we should Everyone just... Everyone would take that. I think it's a matter of understanding the numbers. Like, run, you, run I, your numbers. I, I, I tell people mm. this. You personally, people who debate these, now I tell them, you personally, what deal would you take? Mm. You all know that everybody would take that deal. Why do you think even movie financiers always ask to get paid on, on, on sales, on ticket sales rather than, than movie profits? They'll tell the owner of the movie, you keep the profits. I'll take the ticket sales for financing your movie. So it's just something that everyone should look at. And that's why I said, sit down with a broker, sit down with a financial advisor. Does it fit into your portfolio? But from my perspective as a financial advisor, it's a strong buy. It's gone from just a buy to a strong buy. Also because in the future, we're expecting copper prices. Because now ZCCM benefits from copper production going up. Remember that when electric cars push up copper prices, copper, copper demand is going to go up drastically. Copper prices are expected to go as high as 15,000 in the next four years. So when prices and production go up, ZCCM gets even more. So right now, as things are, this is the money they're making. Now, when things get better, it, think, it can only get from And here. that's why I said, um, look at it from that perspective. Now, the only problem I have with that stock, there, there are three problems I'll point at very quickly. One is that 90% of their revenue, 95% of their revenue is going to be coming from Kansanshi uh, royalties, meaning that there's going to be a concentration risk sitting on that company. If anything happens to Kansanshi, then ZCCM is in trouble. And that's where the problems come for, for me. That's a huge concentration risk. The second thing also is governance has been a problem in terms of disclosure of financials. They need to improve on that. If you're going to have that much money coming in, we need to see money, how it's moving. And the third thing I'd really like to pay attention to uh, when it comes to ZCCM, uh, just going on in terms of the future is also how they're going to diversify, how they're going to invest in diversification of their company. I think for me, that's those are those are three key elements of how to manage this. But most importantly, also is the availability of shares. Only seven percent of shares are basically free floated. The other ninety-three are held with NAPSA, um, Ministry of Finance, and IDC. I would like to, and I think this is, whether this is advocacy or something, but I'd like to see the government sell down about 20% uh, to give to the public, the citizens. Let us all participate in this because there's a huge concentration, too much. And I think it's nice to now offload some of it, especially with the value of this company potentially set to go up. It'd be nice to, for the people to, have to, to directly participate. More pension funds should be directly able. But for those of you who have NAPSA, just know one thing, um, half of NAPSA's stock portfolio is ZCCM. So if dividends are flying in to ZCCM from NAPSA, they're also going to, that's your NAPSA also beefing yes, up as yeah. well, which I believe which is coming to our final conversation. <laughs> our final conversation is what happens to your NAPSA after you die or after you retire and you don't get your funds thereafter and you happen to like pass on, like what happens to, to your money? I think a lot of us have never thought around this. I've never thought about it. So I would like to know. Stu got his annual bonus and decided to invest it in a side hustle. He took his hard-earned cash and started giving out loans to people he knew and thought he could trust on his own. Weeks later, it was time for people to pay Stu back. But nobody paid him back and Stu lost all his money. Steve, Stu's workmate, also got his bonus and also decided to invest it. But he knew from before that he needed help doing so. Steve heard about Premier Credit's peer-to-peer -peer lending platform, how he could invest in pre-qualified loan applications from people that have proven they could pay back with interest. Weeks later, Steve still has his bonus and is now enjoying the interest payouts. You can invest smart like Steve too. So, be a Steve and not a Stu.
Visit premiercredit.co.zm and start investing today. Investments start from as low as 500 kwacha. Terms and conditions apply. It's a strange process, um, especially if a person has not reached the 180, hasn't reached the 180 uh, contributions threshold. Um, this is where it gets, it gets relatively peculiar. But have, having dealt with it from experience and also from professionalism, I can take you through actually how this thing works from start to end. So when, you're, when, you, when you pass away, okay, whether it's before you've retired or any time, as long as there's money sitting in your NAPSA account, the first thing that has to happen is it has to be claimed by the surviving spouse or the surviving beneficiaries. And if there's no children or spouse, an administrator to the estate must make that claim. Or they should go through the court, come to NAPSA, make the admin, make the claim. So that's what you do procedurally. Now, that's going to take about, once you get all the paperwork in, they'll give you all the paperwork they need. Um, and you, you, most people have registered their 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 dependents there, or they've registered their spouse now you've or their children. Now, once that has been declared, once that has been put onto the books that you've now made, want to make the claim, one of the things people don't know is you're actually entitled to about a 12,500 kwacha funeral refund. That's one of the things most people don't know. So there's a life component to your NAPSA. So you actually get about a 12,500 kwacha funeral refund because they know that you've spent and that'll get paid about 30 days after the funeral. The second thing is now what happens to your, your money. So firstly, it has to get revalued. The interest added to all NAPSA is actually equal to wage growth. So the percentage changes in, in wages of each year is the interest applied to your NAPSA balance every single year. Really? Yeah. So if wages grow by 10%, 10% interest is applied to your balance. That's literally it. Your interest plus your, your, your employer's contribution and your... All those things, it's just a t that's it's the percentage of wages that applies to the interest. So that's about it. That's how it moves. Then they get that value as of the month you passed away. So first, they just have to make sure that all contributions have been paid. So the first thing, though, that's why they'll take about 30 days. They want to go through the contributions, reconcile and make sure that all of these have been paid. And if they haven't, they'll go to your employer and say, please, can you finish these payments or else you're here dealing with penalties here. So once that's done, now it's how to allocate it. So your you have passed away this napsa is your estate this is why i know this it's estate planning and it's it's what we call the inheritable estate what is the inheritable estate of someone's pension so let's say we valued this money and now it's sitting at about 100,000 kwacha it is broken into shares so first they allocate shares and a spouse gets two shares a child gets one share every child gets one share and an administrator in the event there is no spouse if there's no spouse and an administrator is making the claim, the administrator only gets one share. And then added to this, NAPS themselves get one share. <laughs> they just had to put themselves somewhere in. They the weren't there in your marriage and your life, but somehow they're there in your pension. They weren't there when I was making money. As uh, I think it was Drake who said, you weren't with me shooting in the gym. So <laughs> so the, the, the point I would say is that yeah. if you look at, let's say a person, um, let's, look, let's look at two scenarios or three. One person is survived by no one. They were single, they passed away, their NAPSA is worth 100,000. Well, uh, there's an administrator, maybe their brother or their sister comes to make that claim. That administrator has one share, NAPSA has one share. So there are two shares. That they, they walk away with 50, NAPSA takes the other half <laughs> and it's they pocket it. <laughs> so let's say you were married, no children. Okay, your spouse has two shares, NAPSA has one. So your spouse takes two thirds of the money, yes. NAPSA takes one third of the money and they pocket it. 
So let's say you left two children. Okay, yours and the spouse. Your spouse has two two has two shares. Your children have two have got a share each. So that's four. Napsa has one. So Napsa will take twenty thousand and eighty thousand will go to your family. So the more people you leave behind, the less Napsa. So you unfortunately you, you get punished for not getting married and having children. So if anything is happening, adopt, adopt very quickly. It's, it's a very, and maybe this is why people say, look, let me withdraw the money. Let me just take it. This is one of the things. But the reason why they also do that share system is what happens if you pass away at forty nine, and you're yeah you've left adult children. And a spouse, and they all hate each other. I've actually seen the situation in South Africa once. We had a friend who the mother hated her daughters, and the father left an estate behind. So if you imagine if you gave that whole estate to a mother who doesn't like her daughters, <laughs> what what will the kids get? Especially if they're adult. So they do it in a way that if the kids are adult, if the kids are children, all that money goes to the spouse. If the kids are adults, absent of a will, then that money goes equally split then the children will get like if you're 21 or 22 then that money goes directly to you and it goes to each of you so that's how you actually work it just out just for a piece just yeah. for a piece please yeah like, so they, 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 is, the they, they kind of come in as a as a with a structured approach but everyone should know when you're totaling up your napsa adding in your interest what is your inheritable estate have you written your will because there's a lot of money in some people's napsa there's hundreds of thousands sitting there and you don't know where it's supposed to go. Have you told Have you told people what to do? Uh, you, you're just scared of the day you pass away. And then what happens when it does? So these are very important things. Leave instructions with people. This is why it's important to have financial advisors. Okay. So as we come to a close, uh, can you give us a market outlook and what we should expect? So for the rest of this year, uh, we are expecting to see a bit of slowdown. I was expecting to see whether there'd be a Santa Claus rally in the stock market. I don't think we'll see it. I don't think we'll see it, but it does seem that there's a little bit of aggression piling in also into the bond market. But we did have that last auction was not well was not well participated. So we're waiting for this final auction which will happen on the 22nd, 23rd. Remember that now auction bids have to be in the day before uh, because they've been getting a lot of uh, activity. So get more so to get people in. So, but I don't think there'll be an oversubscribed auction. I don't think so because we don't have the foreign participation. They're still selling and they're still exiting. Um, I don't see the stock market having any more juice running. I would have expected Zambia Sugar and Zambia, but they both came in with weaker results than expected. So we, we do see that weakness in results probably reflecting in people and just saying, okay, I think we've had enough with the stock market. We, we're okay for now. Um, but some of the stocks that are growing. So I, I think the stock market is going to end exactly where it is. I think what we're seeing now is probably what we're going to see at the end of the year. Muted inflation, uh, subdued growth, and not much flying off in the markets towards the end of the year, unless there's a surprise rally from pension funds who have now received those final contributions and need to make those placements before the end of the year. Um, they usually are some of those, so they might sneak in, but we're not seeing any signs of it. They're not big trades and mega trades coming in at this moment. So for now, we are seeing a slowdown. I, inflation might jump over 10 it might, but it has been pulling some surprises of late. So it might jump over 10, but that has to do with uh, transportation costs and whether that will affect food prices. So my outlook for the, for, the, for the remainder of the year is pretty much the outlook I'm going to give you for next year. Pile into your fixed income assets. Interest rates are still high. Inflation is down. Before interest rates come running down, pile into fixed income. And if you've got some room for a little bit of risk in your fixed income, then even take take some of your 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 higher risk or your high yield assets, whether it's 
uh, P2Ps, so so forth, and or high yield debt. That's where you're supposed to now take in a little bit more, but not the majority, just at least some of it so that you've, you've, you've kind of gotten the upside of it as well. And it also protects you from when interest rates come down faster than inflation should we get a resurgence of people. So this is the strategy I'm telling everyone for going into next year. You, the growth stocks, take you just take a bit of the break right now. There's a little bit of a stagger in growth happening right now, especially with the load shedding cycle that's going to come in. There's a little bit of a stagger we'll feel in. Energy is still fluctuating, so you still want to be careful there. But high yield and interest bonds, uh, high yield interest P2P, try and navigate through that space for the meantime. Stockpile it. When, it all when interest rates come down and growth picks back up, rush back into, then you go back into the stock market and refill from there. And if you're going to the stock market, look for the dividend stocks. Look for the reliable, because you're not going to be looking at share value growth. You're looking for dividend growth. Look at the potential dividend growth. And that's why we talked about things like ZCCM. So dividend stocks, high yield, you're picking up the higher interest rates. That's the gain going into the end, going into next year. And that was a three-minute masterclass on how to create your portfolio. Exactly. You, you can only get that on My Wealth Podcast. I can guarantee you that. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Next time when we're rounding up the year. <laughs> Right before the season. <laughs> right before the end of the year. So thank you so much and have a beautiful day for me and me. Have a wonderful day too.